Good morning, everyone. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. Our scripture comes from the book of 1 Kings, chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. We'll stop there for right now, but what a mighty way Elijah burst onto the scene in the word of God. He comes out of nowhere seemingly. We don't know if Ahab or Jezebel had heard from him or seen him before, but here he comes out and he tells them it's not going to rain. It's not going to rain for a period of time in James 5 17 we find out in fact it did not rain for three years and six months and he tells them it's not going to rain until I say so and what does he do then he leaves town can you imagine as he come and stood before them if they did not know him if they had not had any experiences before can you imagine what Ahab and Jezebel must have thought they must have thought that he was crazy he come in, not only did he say it wasn't going to rain, but he was directly challenging the God they was trying to make Baal, the national deity of Israel. Baal was the weather God, and here he come in challenging him, saying it is not going to rain. There's not even going to be any dew on the ground. But let's look at, at James 5.17. The Bible tells us Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Verse 18 says, And he prayed again, and the heaven brought forth her fruit. It tells us not only did Elijah prophesy that it wouldn't rain, but Elijah actually prayed that God would shut the heavens, that he would not let it rain. What a bold way it is that he come in, but as he come in with such boldness, I believe next we see that God began to teach Elijah a few things. He taught him the first thing by the block brook that we see in verses 2 through 7. Imagine as Elijah sat there and he watched the brook. Imagine as he might have stuck a stick in it and watched as the water slowly went down day by day and he looked at it that running water that water flowing out of jesus flows a well of living water but imagine james 117 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above he learned where the blessings come from god was providing that water but as it slowly started to dry up he learned that god could cut off the spout anytime he wanted to the raven was bringing him food now some Liberals like to say that Elijah knew where the ravens nested and they stockpiled food, but my Bible says that the ravens brought the food to him and fed him morning and night, and I'm going to believe the word of God. You can make up your mind there, but imagine Elijah as he sat there and he realized that it could be cut off. I believe that the church 
has sat idly by as we've watched the blessings on America be cut off. We've sat idly by and watched the brook dry up. But it's time that we remember. It's time that we get back to the thing that matters most. It's time we get back to Jesus Christ. We start putting Him first in our life. We start remembering that all the good gifts, everything comes through the Lord. He can stop it at any time. He can bless any time he wants to imagine Elijah here as he's sitting here and the book dries up and he maybe starts to wonder what is next we see in verse number eight and the word of the Lord came unto him saying arise get thee the Zarephath which hath belongeth to Zidon and dwell there behold I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee and he arose and went to Zarephath and he came to the gate of the city behold the woman was gathering of sticks and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I might drink. And as she is going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. Here Elijah, he become dependent on this widow. He was first dependent on the raven, the unclean raven. Now he's dependent on this Gentile widow woman. Now they wouldn't have been anybody any poorer than this woman, but here she is. She's tasked with the job of taking care of the man of God. But the problem is she has a barrel that's only got a little handful of meal in it. It's only barely got enough to make a little cake for her and her son. But the prophet tells her, don't worry, that is not going to fail. There's going to be plenty more in verse 14. For thus saith the Lord of God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went in and did according to the saying Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and that barrel mill wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. I believe this bottomless barrel, point number two, I believe it represents the word of God. We've got to get back to going to the word of God. I don't believe that they went there to that barrel and they got enough meal to last them two or three days i don't believe there's enough to last for a week there was always enough flour but only for the day they had to go back every day the word of god is something that you're going to get in it get out of it what you go and what you get out you can't get out enough to sustain you for the rest of your life in just a little while and can read the word of god through and understand it all it's something that you've always got to study. It's something you've always got to climb into. The Bible says, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth in 2 Timothy 2.15. The Bible says in Isaiah 58.11, And grace withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Philippians 4.19, God, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches, in glory by Christ Jesus. There's plenty to offer in the Word of God. There's plenty there to help us. There's there is information to help you through your daily life. There's wisdom to be had to tell you how to raise your children, how to 
how to lead your family, how to lead your church. There's plenty there, but you've got to get it out. You've got to be willing in the church has got to get back. They've got to get one back to the brook. They've got to get one back to trusting in Jesus, but they've got to get back to trusting in the word. They've got to get back to digging through the word. We can't just wait for the pastor to tell us. We can't just wait for the Sunday school teacher to tell us. We need church people that are hungry to dig in the word of God. Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever imagined what if the pastor was as faithful as a lot of our Christians are? What if the pastor just showed up to church whenever he felt like it, just read his Bible whenever he felt like it? What if the pastor was as faithful as you are? I challenge you today, I challenge you today to dig in the word of God to see what God has for us. But let's notice there wasn't just a bottomless barrel, but there was a bottomless bottle. There was a cruise of oil and the Holy Spirit I believe that oil is a type, a representation of the Holy Spirit. We need to realize that there's the sweet Holy Spirit indwelling in us if we're saved. Aren't you glad that you have the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is called in John 14, 26, the comforter, teacher, and reminder. When we go through hard times, when we go through struggles, when we lose a loved one, when we have a problem that we don't know how to figure out or what to do, thank God the sweet Holy Spirit can comfort us thank god it is a teacher it leads us into all truth it is a reminder of what god has done for us it's the one that brings that scripture back when we need it the most it is the spirit of truth it is a god he'll guide us into all truth he is the revealer john 16 13 is the reference for spirit of truth and god in first corinthians 2 10 he is the revealer he can reveal that sin he can reveal that problem in our life that we need to work on that we need to let the lord help cleanse us and cleanse us of in ephesians 4 30 we see that the holy spirit is the sealer grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby you are sealed under the day of redemption. I'm so glad today I'm sealed. I don't have to worry about if I'm going to lose my salvation. I don't have to worry about where I'm going to go when I die. I'm fireproof. There's no way I could go to hell because I have trusted in Jesus as my Savior. Elijah had to learn some things. He had to learn to trust in Jesus. He had to trust in that fountain flowing from Emmanuel's veins, the block brook. He had to Learn to trust in the bottomless barrel, that word of God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He had to trust in the bottomless bottle, that Holy Spirit, that cruise of oil. He had to learn those things before God could use Elijah to save the breathless boy in verses 17 through 24. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up to a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, Hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come unto him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul 
of the child came unto him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. God used Elijah to restore the life to this breathless boy. In John seven thirty seven through 38, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That Holy Spirit that deals with you to witness, to tell others, to lead others to Christ, that flows out of us, that sweet, sweet water of salvation. If we get back to Jesus, the Word and the Holy Spirit will work out of us. God used Elijah, but first he had to relate to the widow and the son. Remember, he was there every day going to the barrel of flour, going to the crusoe. I imagine they t- took turns. I imagine they looked and they laughed as they scraped the bottom of the barrel and just had enough. And they went back the next morning and it was there. They was enough for the next day. They was enough to keep going. Elijah stretched himself out in his place. He stretched himself out across the young boy. First, he took him to his room, to his place. Then he stretched himself out in his place. And it's time, I believe, for some of our Christians to get back to stretching themselves out in the place of others, to bringing others into our place and leading them to Christ. We've got to relate. We've got to relate. Instead of sitting and judging others for what they've done, we've got to get back to where we look at ourselves and we remember where we was whenever Christ came by and saved us. Our Lord stretched himself out on Calvary for us. When are we going to put ourselves in the place of sinners and see souls saved? When are we going to humble ourselves and call others to repentance, bring others love sinners like Christ? Christ so loves sinners like he loves us. When are we going to stop and get to a place where we can relate to the lost? I pray this message has been a blessing to you. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to invite you to join us at Riverside Baptist Church, 871 Riverside Drive, Asheville, North Carolina. God bless.